On this week's show, the Kansas City Chiefs players received their Super Bowl championship rings and quarterback Patrick Mahomes presents a ring of his own. Also, the LA Chargers and Atlanta Falcons announced their uniform schedules. In our two-minute history lesson, we tell the story of the 1940 Grey Cup game and the unique format used to determine the winner. That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode 161 for September 8th, 2020. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table for me, as always, is my son, Adam. I'm here. Let's do this. <laughs> I love it when your shows start out with, all right, let's get this over with for another week. And then I click the record button. <laughs> We come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL, college, high school, and indoor football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So let's review what happened this past week, and we're going to start with Adam and bringing back the World of Football scoreboard. Oh, man, two weeks in a row we got the scoreboard, <laughs> ladies <laughs> yeah. and gentlemen. Oh, well, Only one score last week, but only we've one got score. a plethora of games to talk this about. This week and then next week, wait till we get into all, if hopefully everything goes off without a hitch, all the NFL talk yeah. that we'll talk next week. Oh, I am so excited. That... Don't worry, the World of Football scoreboard will be a little more polished next week because <laughs> I'll take it over a little oh, more. Oh, really? Okay. Well, normally, we, you know, when we have more than one league going on, we kind of right. go back and forth. Right. So I'm going to handle the NFL. You can handle the what little we got of college. Right. Uh, yeah, The last week there was one college score. This week we have, what, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games altogether. Uh, and that's the entire schedule. So yeah. as more games get played, we'll we'll uh, pick the best ones. And we'll talk right. about and that. there are some weird minor league, like indoor leagues that are actually playing, which I think is weird. There was one, but I'm I, I, I yeah, I don't count. I call, I call, it was rinky dink leagues covered one just, covered one game or so that that they were playing, and yeah. I never heard from them again. So. Yeah, rinky dink, get out of here. Uh, but so yeah, we're gonna start off. Uh, I guess I'm gonna take charge of this whole scoreboard this week because it's college football. Sure. And we we sat down and we watched uh, a few of the games this Several weekend. Games. I think you saw more than I did. There were three games on ESPN, one right after the other that night. And, yeah, triple and, header. You, yeah, we, we watched some of them. You of were in your happy place. I haven't seen you like this <laughs> in months. Not since the XFL ended have I seen you in, glued in front of a TV for more than nine hours straight. You mean laying on the couch doing nothing but watching? Drinking <laughs> Mountain Dew in one hand, TV remote in the other, flipping back and forth between three football games. You were in heaven. Yeah, football nirvana. But so Thursday night started things off we had uh, two games we had the university of alabama birmingham defeating the fcs school central arkansas in a close affair 45 to 35 and then the second game of the night another close game these uh south alabama defeated southern mississippi 32 to 21 then there were no friday games but then saturday we had six matchups and one we watched or started watching at least was Marshall defeating the uh, FCS school Eastern Kentucky. I thought when this game started off, it looked like it might be a little closer, but 
Marshall just ran all yeah. over this team yep. and blanked them 59 to nothing. Yeah, Eastern Kentucky couldn't do anything against Marshall. I feel was, so bad for these FCS yeah. schools that decided to still play and are still essentially warm-up games for well, some of these bigger schools. Hopefully they got a good payday for, I for hope losing they did. to a, a, an FBS school. But you know, this was like the first big game on Saturday, and uh, I actually watched, I think, all of the – and I never really watched the college football – pregame show that mm. they do mm. uh but it was cool to see lee corso and yep. uh they were all in their own homes kirk and... herb street uh you know it was, it was it was they're all in their homes it was nice and, and desmond, howard. desmond howard who did a cool thing about swapping out vinyls in yeah. the background of his uh yep. screen so yeah he had several different... the one that caught it... my eye of course was the beatles album that yeah he had the help album but yeah every time they came back from a commercial they when they showed him at home he had a stereo in the back uh, back against the wall and every time he'd have a different vinyl album sitting up there that was pretty neat it was and, pretty neat but michael jackson and gosh i forget all the ones he had yeah he had a michael jackson he he had a louis armstrong i wanted to I say believe so yes so yeah he had a good collection of albums mm-hmm. um but like I, I really don't sit down and watch college game day, and you know, no other than that one time it was in Kalamazoo. Sure, yeah. But I, I actually was kind of entertained. It was cool to hear kind of all the different sides. Like even though we got college football back, even these guys were saying that they probably shouldn't even be playing. Like yeah. you know, kind of looking at it, it, it was really cool to see the the dynamic and all of them going back and forth about yep. some of this stuff, and even. Uh, seeing Herb Street, you know, it went viral. Him getting emotional about uh, yeah. Black Lives Matter and everything. Yeah, because they just had a story where these these uh, what was it, five or six uh, players. Yeah, the uh, were being interviewed by this one lady. I forget her name. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they they told stories about you know the sort of things they had to deal with growing up and this and that. And he got real emotional over yeah, that. Yeah, but it was like all these players from all over, you know, different schools. Yep. A kid from Michigan, kid from Clemson. I want to say yep. a few other schools. You know, just they they just meet on Zoom. Right. And they've started kind of this, I won't say it's a player coalition, but it's essentially just like a bunch of these college athletes teaming up to, you know, make, you know, give a little more awareness to the mm-hmm. situations at hand. And I, I was really touched by the piece and I, I Herb Street, obviously, yeah, uh, touched more than he others. Very emotional. Uh, whether or not that was uh, authentic or not is debated, but I, mm-hmm. I believed every, every ounce of that. And I, I, I felt where he was coming from and, I know we don't. I'm not going to stay on the soapbox long, but I just thought that was for college game yeah. day. I thought that was it was cool, and I might have to check out more college game day as the season goes on, which is something I normally never do. Mm-hmm. I'm also usually working Saturday, so yeah, that plays was, into it. Lee Corso was good. They showed oh, his, Lee Corso. His house. Yeah, he had a mini set of what they normally sit at the cardboard the cutouts table. of the whole crew. Yep, <laughs> and then he had Herb Street on a, a, flamingo. a flamingo in the pool, and and he kept changing stuff in the background too. I'm sure. I'm he sure had, he had a staff doing there. it for him. But yeah, every time they they show him, there was different stuff in the background. Yeah, it was, it was funny. It was it was fun to watch. But yeah, so then that led into the yeah, the Marshall game we just talked about. Then later on that day, we had Army. Defeating Middle Tennessee State forty-two to nothing, wow, and th- it was at this down. point that I I was pretty exhausted with <laughs> the blowouts. I was like, I sure. can't I can't sit and watch college football when they're blowouts like this. But yeah. don't worry, there weren't all blowouts. Uh, SMU had a, a very close win against Texas State thirty-one to twenty-four. North Texas defeated the FCS school Houston Baptist fifty-seven to thirty-one. In another close game, Memphis was def- uh, well, Memphis defeated. Sorry. Arkansas State thirty-seven to twenty-four, and I know you didn't like their uniforms. Uh, no, I did not like Memphis's uniforms. They're not as bad as usual, but 
We're Still not, not going to eh. get into uniform bashing just yet, but yeah, they. You're waiting for Oregon to well, Oregon ain't going to take the field, so no. But uh, but Memphis, uh, they've updated their stripes a little bit, and from a distance, it looks like somebody took a magic marker and just drew on stripes on these helmets. For those of you I at don't home, don't care Ra- Randy them. was extremely bitter uh, during <laughs> this game. He's telling me like it looks like they drew it on with marker. It's so <laughs> terrible looking. And I'm looking, I'm like, it looks almost like the Cincinnati Bengals helmet. I don't know no, why you're No, it's very different. It's somewhat similar. There's, the stripes are slightly different. Last year, but... it, last year was almost a carbon copy of the Bengal stripes, uh, only different colors, you know, uh, silver and blue and whatever. I wonder if the Bengals got on them about it. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. They, How do you not have a, these... a regular Bengals helmet? That's one of the coolest helmets in the NFL. And you don't even have a regular Bengals. you got no. <laughs> the old Bengals All, all my NFL helmets are, are throwback helmets. I don't, I don't have many of the current ones at all other than the Lions. <sighs> Man, I love that current Bengals helmet. I'm telling you, one of these days we I will do, like do our helmet, uh, our helmet <laughs> bracket or whatever we've been talking about. All right, uh, the next game, uh, UTEP defeated the uh, FCS school Stephen F. Austin 24 to 14, and that was a game. I believe that was the one where the players knelt. Uh, like they took a delay of game, but they all like knelt. And... No, I think that was the Memphis game. Was that the Memphis game? I want to say Arkansas. it was Memphis. I want to say it was. Steve. I don't remember seeing it. I read about it later. I don't remember seeing it huh. uh, live on on. Or TV. maybe Stephen F. Austin was the school with a great one-handed catch. I thought that was Texas. Well. This is what you get for Randy writing down the scores this week, everybody. We don't get those great notes. <laughs> and then you take it over and blame yeah. me. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, and then the last game from th- uh, the Saturday matchups was Louisiana-Monroe defeating Troy. Oh, sorry, not defeating. That was a postponed game. <laughs> it was wow. a postponed game, yeah. That How was dare one, you put that in there? One game this weekend that got postponed, and there's already been some postponements for next week, and we'll get into that next week. But, yeah, there was one postponed game this okay, week. Okay, and then last night I, I caught the beginning of this game. BYU defeated Navy, oh, boy, 55-3. to BYU went up 31 nothing at halftime and didn't look back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Navy finally scored a field goal at the end of the third quarter, and that was the only scoring they had all night. But when they came back from halftime, they didn't show it live, but the uh, lady reporter on the sideline said that she talked to the um, Navy coach when he came out for halftime, uh, after halftime, and he said, this is all my fault. We didn't do any tackling the last two weeks in practice. You know, the whole time we've been, you know, doing our, our practice camp, we did no tackling. We did no contact drills. I wanted to take it easy on the guys, and this is the result. This is my fault. We're mm. not ready to play this Interesting. game. So, yeah, I mean, it showed it was crap. There was crappy tackling everywhere. I mean, and... it was from what I watched, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the greatest of games. The point I was watching, I, ca- I watched till BYU scored the first touchdown. Yeah. And I, I had to call it a night just because yeah, their first couple touchdowns were all running i mean mm. long runs and did, they just yeah. couldn't stop them but it was it was just eerie i think this was the first game college game i've watched where the stadium was actually empty yeah there was no the exception of like a couple of high-ranking uh official like yeah, actual admirals from admirals from, from Navy. naval academy yeah, the which they showed standing in the stands in their clean white uniforms i was like <laughs> that's kind of spooky just one dude just yeah kind of standing there in the bleachers but yeah, it was a real eerie scene because normally when you watch any of those service academy games, just oh, yeah. how packed they get, no matter what. Well, even the Army incredible. game, the Army game was pretty uh, pretty full, but it was because, I mean, all they let in were the cadets from Army, wow. but they filled that place. Uh, you know, they were social distancing and whatever, but they were a lot of them were there, a lot of them were loud. But for some reason, the uh, uh, the I think it was the governor of Maryland, Maryland where yeah. Annapolis is at, said, no, we're not going to allow anybody I don't blame, like, to have fans so in we're gonna see this stadium. you're gonna see some games so they're gonna like yep. some fans you're gonna see yep. some games where there's none it just depends on the state and 
Uh, yep, local local, local laws and yeah. uh, whatever executive orders you know each state's come up with. That's what they've got to deal with. All right, and that ends this week's World of Football scoreboard. I can't wait for next week, but we only NFL got a, scores next week. NFL's coming right back, <laughs> though. I'll hand it over to you for some news. Okay, yeah, and the big news is only two days until the 101st season of the NFL kicks off with the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. Yeah, you've already got Friday scheduled off Friday. work. I even got Thursday scheduled off. I might just spend the whole day just uh, ramping up oh, to kickoff. Yeah. You know, uh, consuming a bunch of Mountain Dew, getting super hyped up. <laughs> Maybe go out buy some za. I don't I know. Yeah, chicken wings. It's gonna save be save your day Ooh. off. You'll get off work. You get off work at three o'clock anyway. My gosh, the game doesn't start till eight nine o'clock. Um, we're no, nah, we're pre-gaming this pre-game. Oh, so God. I'm I'm gonna wake Do up at eight. Gr- and, I'm gonna wake up at eight in the morning. I'm gonna crack open a <laughs> yeah, beer right. and I'm gonna be like, let's do this today. And then yeah. I'm gonna wait twelve hours for kickoff. You're gonna haul the grill out and make me grill again. I mean, that's a possibility. <laughs> But no, so on top of, you know, so we got Houston versus Kansas City, but luckily we got some stories that connect to both of these teams right off the bat. Yeah. So I guess first we'll go to the Chiefs story you you got down. Yeah, great video out there. Oh, um, it's fantastic. The Chiefs players receiving their Super Bowl rings on the field at Arrowhead Stadium. I believe this was even after dark, so it was like under the lights. Was it? I, I thought it was during um, daylight, but I mean, this this happened like right after we stopped recording last week, because mm-hmm. then there was the the great picture of what was in the Super Bowl ring and all those details. Right, yeah. And uh, I can maybe pull that up to talk about it real quick if you want to keep talking. Yeah. But anyway, it was a great video because they showed all the players, and they had these little round tables that they were standing at, kind of like you see in a bar, you know, a, oh, yeah. a stand-up table. And they had like a, a, a nice um, tablecloth, black tablecloth, and there was a box with their Super Bowl ring on it, and they had a vase with flowers, and and every one of the guys was standing there. I mean, they were, they were just all over the stadium, you know, social distancing apart, and yeah, yeah, that's I, a gorgeous looking Super Bowl. Yeah, ring. that is a good looking ring with with their two Super Bowls, uh, Super Bowl trophies. And uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, later on that evening went up to a, a luxury suite in the stadium and proposed to his longtime girlfriend Brittany Matthews. The two have da- been dating for eight years, uh, ever since they were in high school together. Man, and uh, yeah, they showed a picture of they her showed them through the years, and oh, oh man, yeah, yeah like there was good a for them. Show of all the, all good the for stuff them, like, done, you know, I mean, prom and and. Heck yeah, and she knew this dude was going to be special, so <laughs> congratulations to her. He got a ring, and she got a ring. Yep, they both but, got a ring that night. Her but, ring was pretty impressive, too. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a big <laughs> of course, hunk of diamond. Of course, you know, with his contract, he can afford it. Uh, I think he can. <laughs> but so, look, here's some highlights from, like, I always like seeing, like, the particulars. And they break down these rings. Right. Everything is so... There's so much per- symbolism. So particular, yeah. and so... Uh, for those of you, um, maybe you could put this up as one of the pictures. I don't know. I do have that. You have that? On, yep. Okay. So they have two marquee cut diamonds, which are symbolizing the two Super Bowl victories, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 50 diamonds uh, around the edge of the ring uh, to signify the 50 years between Super Bowl victories, mm. which is interesting. Yep. 60 diamonds uh, to represent uh, in the arrowhead of the logo. To represent the chief, uh, the years the Chiefs have been a franchise. Well, they were founded in 1960. So yes, so the 60 fir- years. The first season, yep. So yes, yeah, 60 that represents their 60 seasons. Uh, there are 16 cut rubies in the KC, uh, which represent the franchise's 10 AFC West division titles and six playoff appearances under head coach Andy Reid. Hmm. Uh, 122 diamonds cascading around the ring's top edges, representing the 100th season of the NFL. 
the t- and the team's 22 playoff appearances. So wow. we're getting very particular oh, yeah. here. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you didn't design that at the Pro Football Hall of Fame with right. that with that uh, ring. Then obviously uh, the player's name engraved on the side and the number in with diamonds filling in their their number on their jersey. Uh, the 69 and 19 on the side representing the 16, 69 season and the right. 19 season they won right. the Super Bowls. Uh, they also included uh, their slogan, Be Great, which was their season championship motto. And then they also included 142.2, which is kind of like uh, on, engraved on the bottom of the ring here, hmm. uh, which is like the uh, video board at Arrowhead. Uh, the 142.2 is the record decibel rating, uh, making Arrowhead oh. the loudest stadium in the world. <laughs> wow. So they were, they went all out with the detail of this ring. They have Chiefs Kingdom, which is their slogan there. Wasn't there something on the inside of the ring? Oh, we're getting there. Hold okay. on one second. Right. We're, we're, we're on the I can't o- see the pictures. Yet. Yes, I'm, I'm kind of going through them, but I'm going to the opposite side of the ring. They got the, the Super Bowl logo, the final score, 31-20 over San Francisco. They got Chiefs Kingdom, which is kind of their uh, – not their battle cry. It's kind of a slogan for the team. Uh, on this side of the ring, they have four princess cut rubies on the ring's top corners and are symbolic of the Chiefs' four straight AFC West titles the last four years. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl logo. And then on the inside of the ring, here you go. The player's signature at the bottom of the band. And then at the top of the band, the scores and logos with the team's and the point deficits they overcame during their <laughs> postseason run, which is incredible. So you got like the uh, 51-31 victory over the Houston Texans, which they had to come back 24 points down. The 35-24 win against the Titans, which they had to come back 10 points down. And the 31-20 win over the San Francisco 49ers, where they were also down by 10 points. And then also at the very bottom on the ring on the outside, is an LH football, which is on the palm of the ring, uh, representing founder Lamar Hunt. Nice touch. It an incredibly gorgeous ring. Like usually, like you know, those Patriots ones are starting to get gaudy because they got so many stinking diamonds in them. <laughs> yeah. But I actually like this one, and they include some gold in it. And it's been, I think, a while since we've seen a, a Super Bowl logo with any gold in it. Like kind of going back through seeing like the old Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, the old Patriots one. So. I'd say that's a top-notch Super Bowl ring, and congratulations to that team. Yeah. So. Yeah, but check out that video. I I think I. That's uh, a good one. Reposted it on our Twitter and Facebook accounts, but yeah, just seeing seeing all those players on the field spaced out at their own little table, and uh, they I think they were like playing a, a video on the on the video board, and as soon as that was done, then they could open up their uh, ring, yeah. and so they're all waiting for this thing to get over, with, and they've all got their phone out and they're taking pictures of, of oh, themselves, yeah. and I forget the one player, but there was a video of him actually dropping oh, his, his ring, ring on the ground. He goes, "Did you get that? I, don't put that in there. I dropped my ring on the ground." <laughs> oh, I didn't see that part, but I forget who that player was. But but going from the Kansas City Chiefs, we're gonna go to their opponent this week, which uh, somebody made some cash himself on that Houston Texans sideline. Oh, are you talking about quarterback Deshaun Watson? Why, yes, of I the am. The Houston Texans, who this week signed a four-year extension on his contract oh. worth a hundred and sixty million dollars. Good lord, that's a lot of money. But. <laughs> That may be a lot of money, but uh, the guaranteed part is a lot of money too. That's a hundred and eleven million dollars guaranteed to him. That's like that is the second biggest contract yes. in the NFL right now, only behind Patrick Mahomes. Incredible. I mean, deserving. This guy is a great young quarterback. I can't wait to see him and Mahomes go against each other, and a repeat of that uh, 
divisional or not even divisional. Yeah, divisional uh, AFC playoff game, which was fantastic. You know, they found themselves up 24 points only to blow it to the Chiefs. So this should be a heck of a game. Yeah. But they're doing it without star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who they traded this year to the Arizona Cardinals. And I, I believe we wrote down another story about this guy. Oh, you mean this one here? Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins signs a two-year uh, contract extension worth fifty-four point five million dollars. Goodness gracious! Of which forty-two point seven five million is guaranteed, and that makes him the highest-paid non-quarterback oh. ever. Incredible. Ever. Good wow. for him. Get paid, man. And isn't he the one that did his own contract deal? Yes. I think they he, he said, as his own I think agent. They said, yeah, that he did his own contract. So, yeah. so all that guaranteed kind of money a, is all his. Yeah, it's kind of a sign. I think a lot of players are starting to do this. Now, I think we had Richard, well, maybe not a lot, but I think Richard Sherman hmm. did his own deal when he signed with the 49ers a couple okay. of years ago. And now he, we got DeAndre doing it with the, the Cardinals. This Cardinals team... I think they're going to surprise some people. I mean, we're going to talk about picks later, mm-hmm. uh, but spoiler alert, I might be picking the Cardinals <laughs> to do a lot of damage this year. They're going to have a high-powered offense this hmm. year. Uh, one other uh, transaction that's gone on recently, the, the Seahawks cut Shaquem Griffin, the guy yeah, you were, we were talking about that so a happy bit. when they when they drafted him, you were going to get one of his jerseys, I, but you never did. I never did. I mean, I liked him. I was hoping he could. Yeah, I'm glad he got a chance. You know, I'm glad I'm he got hoping, a chance, too. hoping somebody picks him up. I'm not sure if he got put on their practice squad or not. I haven't kept hmm. up with other teams' practice squads. I've been hmm. really focused on Lions' yeah. practice squad. But uh, I guess I'll have to double-check. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll look that up while we do some more stories. But, okay. Uh, yeah, I was a little bummed to see that. Yeah, that, that's surprising. It is. All right, uh, another story. The Chargers and the Falcons have release their uniform schedule what in the world is going on when you have to announce your uniform schedule i mean even oregon doesn't do that and they were a different uh, i mean don't they change at halftime in oregon (laughs) they go in the locker room they change uniforms and helmets and come out looking completely different so that the other team doesn't know who they're playing from week to week but no it was bad enough when the chargers did it and then a few days later the the falcons did the same thing how stupid is that? Who cares what uniforms you're wearing? No, hold you, on. You get a home uniform, you get an away uniform, and maybe once a year you get a throwback uniform. But that is it. You don't need 15 different combinations to keep your fans interested. If that's what you need, uh, I'm sorry, you don't have very good fans then. Well, it looks like Shaquem Griffin did clear waivers, and uh, I believe he was re-signed to their okay. practice squad. So. Okay. It's like he never left. <laughs> so that whole story was a bunch of nothing then. But I still thought I was a little shocked that they just went as far as to quote-unquote right. cut him. Right. But no, so back to this uniform thing. I sent you the first one, which was the Chargers. And at first I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they got new uniforms no, this you, year. No, you sent it to me because you knew I would lose I my mind it, over it. I don't mind it because <laughs> I really like their all-Navy uniform that they're going to wear this year. And color me curious that I'm, I'd like to know which game they're going to wear during. Who cares? But the way the Falcons did, then the Falcons followed up. I, I was like, one team I could probably understand, but now it's a trend. Yeah. So now the Falcons releasing their uniform schedule, and I was like looking at it, and it was like, well, it ain't much because you're wearing your black uniforms for five weeks straight. Then you wear your white uniforms for a few weeks. Then all of a sudden, whenever they play the Lions, is the first time they're going to wear that gradient uh, uh, red uniform. The so, one I hate most of all. I think that's the one you hate most of all. And it'll be against uh, Detroit. So Detroit will probably wear their uh, all grays that day. Ooh, I hate that too. 
I like their classic throwback with the silver helmet and the blue do. uniform. I don't. I guess the gray's okay. It just depends on the day. Like some yeah. days, I'm like, you know what? That doesn't look terrible. Then there's some other games. I'm like, eh, it looks like look a great. onesie on a two year old. I'm sorry, I don't like it. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But no, I, I'm sure. These are the only two I've seen, so yeah. I don't know if there's going to be a yeah, more hopefully there's trend not to this. Anymore. They, uh, they're the two that, well, uh, I forget who Two else. of several who... Yeah, so they've got these uniform new uniforms. Changes. They want people to know when their uniforms are going to be worn. I say, who gives a crap? All right, another story. Dwayne Haskins has been named the Washington Football starting quarterback. <laughs> and, uh, and Cam Newton has been named the New England starting quarterback. So uh, changes for both of those teams this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I have a friend who is a Washington football team fan, even though he will still say they're the Washington previous team name <laughs> until they get a new name. But I have to keep reminding him that it's not your team name. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, second-year player, uh, kind of the logical choice, I assume. But, I mean, Alex Smith is the story to me. He cleared, and he's right. on the starting – or not the starting roster, but he's on the 53-man roster for the uh, Washington football team. Good for him. Mm-hmm. We we've kind of behind the scenes, kind of kept an eye on him and his progress, and uh, hopefully, maybe he can see the the field, and, or even I guess just making it to the starting roster to start the season is a big accomplishment, considering how bad of an injury he had a couple of years ago. Well, you know, in Washington, they're trying to change everything. They're changing the name, oh, changing the culture. They, they got a new oh, new coach and all this, so it, it makes president. sense that they want to. You know, a new coach brings in his quarterback, and he's going to work with him. In fact, I didn't have the story written down, but I saw today that Ron Rivera did miss a practice this mm. week because he had to go for cancer treatment wow. uh, for the uh, what is it some some kind of lymphoma I think he yeah. has. But yeah, he missed he missed a practice because he had to go to treatment for that and. Uh, um, no big deal, I guess. He, he, you know, he went and did his treatment, and now, now he's back at practice. But yeah, you know, new coach, new quarterback. Well, let's I let's mean, start same brand new, new name. I think you know the question was was Haskins good enough to stay the starter, mm. or would mm. you know he lose the job to mm. an Alex Smith or somebody else on that team mm. that they brought in? And clearly, he, they feel like he's their best option right now. And for New England, I'm a little scared if uh, Cam Newton, which we all know he's a decent quarterback. We were wondering how he would fit with Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. And if Bill Belichick's given him the go-ahead to be, hey, you're my guy, makes me a little nervous. Only because what is he going to do with Cam? That is what <laughs> I can't wait to see. Like, Cam, you know, is a big runner. But he can sling the ball, too. Mm-hmm. So is Belichick going to let him run? Is Belichick going to design some stuff to let Cam be Cam? I'm. This makes me more scared of the New England Patriots. Like, sure, they were scary with Tom Brady. But Tom Brady ain't going to run 30 yards on you. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton can run you over. <laughs> I don't know. I look at Cam Newton in New England uh, the, the way I look at uh, Des Bryant in uh, Dallas. He might be a decent quarterback, but I don't think you're going to go in. Well, Des Bryant played him. receiver. I think you're talking apples and oranges here, bud. Well, who's who's the quarterback in uh, in Dallas? Uh, not Des Bryant, I'll tell you that much. Des Bryant. Dak, the... Dak Prescott. That's who I'm trying to say. I wrote down Des Bryant. I meant Dak Prescott. I'd say two totally different players. I no, think, I just think they're they're a decent quarterback, but I just don't know if they're going to elevate your team. Well, hold on. Uh, You're talking about one, one's a former league MVP who took his team to a Super Bowl. And then pouted when he lost, yeah, like a little baby. So I got you, no I'd have been upset if I would have lost the Super Bowl. Too. Well, you got to have a little dignity in, in losing. Well, you know, <laughs> right, anyway, after, right after having reporters in your face, yeah, I don't blame them too much. I mean, sure, but that's a story for another day. We I think we talked yeah. that one to death back yeah. in the day. 
Okay, well, let's move on from that story then. Speaking and, of the Washington football team. Yes, they have cut uh, running back Adrian Peterson. And oh, who does he bad. sign with? I don't know. Tell me, who does he the sign Detroit with? The Detroit Lions. What? <laughs> You're telling me the Detroit Lions just signed one of the all-time greatest running backs in NFL history. Yeah, I think it's a bad move. Ooh, so. you think it's bad. I do. Oh, we won't uh, waste too much air he's time not, on it, but tell he's me not why. Going, I don't think he's going to uh, elevate the team that much. I I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I just he's at the end of his career. I think he's he's running on empty. Detroit has a a history of getting some of these uh, guys who are at the end of their career, bringing them in for a year or so. They don't work out, and they're gone the next year. I think his only uh, benefit to the team might be as uh, you know a leadership role to some of the young running backs that we've got. But as far as production on the field. I don't see it. Tisk tisk tisk, Mr. Snow. <laughs> so yeah, yes, it is it is a one year deal on a minimum veteran salary. It's like a million point three blah blah blah. Right. Uh cool. The Lions have a group I think a nice young group of running backs. Yep. Who are all hurt. Un- well, unproven and Well, they all get hurt. And the running back position is notoriously uh injury prone. True. So you bring in a guy like Adrian Peterson, who's 35 years old. Yeah, he's been around the league for a while. Uh, still clearly has something left in the tank. I guess Washington just didn't feel like they needed him. And I'm not saying he's coming in here to be the Lions' number one running back and break every record Barry Sanders <laughs> ever had. What I'm seeing is a guy who's going to come in, and while some of these guys are banged up, like we got one running back out for three weeks, we got another uh, rookie running back who's kind of still trying to find his footing after being injured. and So... I think right now he's just he's a good complimentary piece. You, you plug him in with one of these other guys as they get healthy. You let him be a tandem backfield, and then when the next guy gets healthy, you got three running backs that you can kind of use situationally. It's they're gonna have they have four running backs. What do you expect? And when they're all healthy, you're gonna have four running backs. Like I think that it's, they're gonna use it more as a running back by committee. You you go with a hot hand every like depending on the game. It's kind of like when um, San Francisco was doing their run to the Super Bowl last year. You never knew. Uh, which of those three running backs they had was going to have a big game. I swear, like, just playing fantasy football, and I know you don't like fantasy football, but just looking at... on. I'll wrap it up. <laughs> but just looking at that as an example from last year, they had three capable running backs, but you never knew who the guy was going to be each game. And that every week it seemed like a different guy was the dude. Hmm. So maybe the Lions are going that route. Like, the whole mentorship role, I don't see it like that. You don't sign a guy to be a teacher. You sign a coach for that. He's a player making money. He's go. He's there to play, and he clearly loves the game if he's 35 years old and is still playing the game. Uh, I think it was great when Barry welcomed him to the team, and he thanked Barry by saying, thanks, GOAT. And uh, I think he will be some fun to watch. Uh, will he be a big game breaker? I don't know. I doubt it. I just think he'll be a stable guy to hand the ball to when one of your other backs is banged up. And I think that's all it's going to be. I'm not expecting a lot. But I'm not expecting very little. I'm expecting kind of, if this dude could get 500 yards rushing and maybe catch some passes from Stafford, you know, kind of be that guy that teams are planning for, but we can do something else, you know, disguise some stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, hold on, it's Detroit, so that probably ain't happening. <laughs> but I'm I'm excited to an extent. Okay. I'm not I'm not out there saying that he's going to break a thousand yards in Barry's records. I'm saying he's going to fill a role. That's well, all it is. I did read somewhere that he is close in yardage and uh, attempts, I think, that he could pass Barry Sanders on 25 the all-time 25 carries, I think, is where he's at from that standpoint, and 1,054 yards from 
surpassing Barry. I don't, and I don't think that's all purpose. I think that's just rushing. Mm. If that's the case, um, he ain't gonna get it. He, we, the Lions don't get thousand yard rushers no. anymore. No. So, uh, if he does it, he's gonna do it with a different team probably next year, unless Detroit extends him, which I don't see them doing. Mm. Uh, okay. This year, it's a one year rental. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay. All right, uh, HBO's Hard Knocks, uh, episode four came out last week. In fact, the season finale is tonight, yeah. episode five. But, uh, uh, you know, we're recording this before uh, the season finale, so we're going to talk about last week's episode. And it started out with the Rams coach, Sean McVay, watching the, the video of uh, Jacob, Jacob Blake. Blake being shot seven times in the back in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, and he was he was just dumbfounded by, you know, the footage of this thing. And he he talked about right then and there, you know, maybe canceling practice, but I don't think they ever. I don't did. think the Rams ever did. No, they did uh, not. They kind of jump around a little bit, then they jump back in time. They go back to the Sunday practice with the the Chargers. Uh, we see a lot of, you know, that they barely touched on this for the, you know, they kind of touch on it at the beginning, right? And they don't touch on it really again till like the end. The so they. End. they because obviously the way things unfolded during the week, it, it was kind of... Yeah, it was a very strange week. It was a very strange week. So they kind of, the way the show was edited at least, they start with the big thing, then they jump back, mm-hmm. and then they kind of catch you back up to win. Like the Lions canceled practice. They start talking about the NBA teams when they uh, uh, boycotted their playoff games. So it, it makes its way into the episode, which I think we suspected it very well would. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the fun football side of things, you know, we get to see the Chargers running a great running back drill where they stack the pads up and jump over like they're yep. jumping over the the pile at the one-yard line, yep. which I thought was a fun Yep, uh, I've never seen thing. anybody do that drill. And No, but I would imagine a lot of teams do that because that's a skill set. Hmm. you got to be prepared to do that. You don't just throw a running back out there to jump right. over the, the right. herd. Yeah, you just got to practice that. And they, they kept adding more and more pads. I think they finally had five, five, yeah. five pads all together stacked up, and it was pretty pretty high. It's fun there. watching them do that in slow motion. And I forget the name of the of – the, they had one running back that actually cleared all five of I them. I think it was their number one running back, um, Austin Eckler. I think okay. it was him. Okay. But, um, yeah, that was that was just a fun drill to uh, to see. And then the Chargers actually got to go visit SoFi Stadium yeah, for the did. first time. So that was kind of neat. I mean, last week we got to see – uh, the Rams go there and and have a scrimmage, and this week we got to see the Chargers do that. And well, they didn't actually scrimmage, but they, they got did. there. They were getting prepped, and yeah. uh, stadium looked great. They had the Chargers logo out on the middle yep. of the field, but then they decided that they weren't going to do the scrimmage because of uh, the uh, not George Floyd because of the Jacob Blake incident, and right. so they sat that out and talked to reporters about it following. And, yep. But they were in the they were in the locker room and they were saying you know should we go out and do the scrimmage or not and I guess as a team they after talking about it in the locker room they decided yeah let's just let's not scrimmage let's go make a statement. I mean the they, and they they played some audio of this uh, one of the older coaches going up and talking to guys. Uh, it was getting very emotional, very uh, you know heated in there just them talking about the situation. Yep. And that's how they ended the episode. It was a very quiet ending to the way the episode ended, and they also flashed a bunch of charities that both teams and the league were promoting, which mm-hmm. I thought was nice. Uh, I know I skipped skipped over one of your notes about something the Rams were doing, but on the other side, you know, you sh- you showed the Rams cutting a quarterback and a couple of linebackers. Well, they they cut a quarterback and a linebacker so that they could sign two more linebackers. Yeah, is and, what they did. And we just made note that, you know, seeing McVay be so honest with these guys like, "Hey, look, we're cutting you for a linebacker." Yeah. Like, 
And yeah, there was no throwing of chairs or anything. No. These guys understood what was going on. And... Which, I mean, I get, but I, I liked uh, McVeigh just being so upfront. Like, normally you see guys like, hey, we're going to cut you, and, uh, you know, we're going to send you your tape. We're going to, you know, help you ho- latch you, on with another hopefully team. Hopefully, you can get to another team, but right now it just doesn't, isn't going to work for us. But to see him actually say, look, we're cutting you for a linebacker. We need linebacker help. Yeah. So. McVeigh is totally football centric in his in his mm-hmm. head, and you can kind of see that. And uh, so interesting, and like I said again, another Anthony Lynn, the coach of the Chargers, impresses me. Mm-hmm. I like Sean McVeigh, so they got a couple good coaches out there. Um, and I'm very curious to see tonight's hard knocks, see some of the cuts and in juxtaposition. So we'll watch that tomorrow, you and me probably. And yeah. uh, so then it'll be interesting to then watch or see if we catch any of their games this week. And actually, the Rams play on Monday night, so oh yeah, um, we'll have to wait a little bit longer for them. But yep. you know, see if any of these guys that got cut, you know, or how the roster looks, yep. and some of this, and especially seeing their preparation to an extent, how that's going to translate to you know, with no preseason games, translating to actual football. Like we talked right. about Navy earlier, not doing the right. tackles and right. practice and that's but at least in up. the NFL everybody's on the same right the same level you know nobody's doing that sort of thing but yeah it, it'll be interesting and I think um uh some of the things that went on in, in hard knocks uh, for next week it'll be interesting like you said they'll show who they cut and we've already got our money on a few players that we say oh this guy's gonna get cut yeah that, that's or already been spoiled gonna, because this guy's all the cuts happen on Saturday but then you know, you might find out that at, at the last minute well this guy was cut but he was picked up by another team so that's kind of neat to see yeah okay yeah you've been watching him for five weeks uh, and now he's gotten cut, but he did get picked up by another team. Or maybe he doesn't. You know, right? I mean, a lot of times they show you that, or they get picked up on waivers, so they, the team tells them, like, hey, look, we're going to cut you, but we're hoping right. that you clear you waivers and you come back and we can put you on the practice squad. And this year they're extending the practice squad. They're going from 10 to six, 16 yeah. guys. So yeah. a few more opportunities there. Yeah, just like they did with Shaquem Griffin. Okay, moving on to some CFL news. Uh, the league staff uh, at the Toronto headquarters for the CFL has been reduced from 70 people to 41. Uh, nine pe- people were just plain let go, and 20 others were fur- furloughed due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the cancellation of the CFL's 2020 season. Another 15 furloughs happened throughout the league, uh, you know, teams cutting some of their own personnel because of no season this year. It's too bad. I really thought that they were going to find a way to... To have some kind of a season, even yeah. if it was like six or eight weeks, and then you know do some playoffs and get a Grey Cup in, but you know the the government up there did not want to play ball with them and uh, didn't want to uh, loan them any money to to keep them going, and and so they and, did, they and that could the be for the best. We've we've talked about down here that you know maybe it is a good thing like the Big Ten canceled. Um, I mean, a lot of the information that's come out about players contracting, you know, like fifteen percent of the college players that were tested. Uh, we're getting that heart condition that people mm. were concerned about. And it was at a higher alarming rate than, you know, they thought would happen. Well, it's and different for the pros and the college. True. I, I have no problem with college. Well, well but the professionals, they got, a, they got a system in place to kind of deal with, you know, uh, Yeah, they were going to have daily a, bubble, testing. a bubble city up there. They're going to do all their, their uh, games in one place. I thought they had a good plan yeah. uh, to do this season. but it they, just, they might have, but I, I could understand the out. government being, hey, look, sports can't be a priority right now. In America, hi, we've seen our priorities be in all the wrong places. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Canada's just taking that approach, and I think you got to stick by, like, hey, they're doing what they need to do, and they've got some of the lowest numbers, you know, in the world. So 
who are we to sit here and tell them they're doing it right. wrong? Yep. Because I know, I know. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying you're, you know, you just want Canadian football, which I, I get. Uh, I did. But it's a little selfish, but I mean, I would love Canadian football too. But right now, I think we got to think of the greater good. And Canada's always kind of been that country that's, hey, let how about how boot we uh, just make sure that we all stay good, eh? <laughs> They're looking out for each other. Speaking of furloughs, in uh, college news, the University of Michigan has furloughed 21 people from their staff due to the season being canceled. I think even Lord Manuel, their athletic director, said uh, that they could lose up to $100 million in revenue this year. Woof. (laughs) But, I mean, but there's still talk about bringing the Big Ten season back around Thanksgiving. I I don't know if that's going to happen. I believe nothing until... I know the president's but, trying to you know use the Big Ten as a yeah. as a platform for his campaign or whatever, but until these school presidents sign off on it, right, it ain't yeah. nothing. All these athletic directors and coaches can talk all they want, yeah. but it's the school presidents we need to be waiting to hear from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna hear all kinds of stuff about this might happen and that might happen, and so we don't talk too much about those things. We we report on the things that we know about, uh, the things that are. For sure, going to happen. So yeah. th- this is one of those that well, I don't. You know, I don't think it's going to happen. Let's not say we always do the for sure thing. <laughs> well, we try. <laughs> we try. All right. In uh, some high school news, here in the state of Michigan, uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has signed an executive order allowing fall sports to begin September 18th, even in- though she doesn't recommend it, including football. And you remember that they were in their first week of practice a few weeks ago, and. Uh, it got called off, so they, they had a week of practice, and on Friday, in the middle of practice, they said, no, nope, we're canceling the season, everybody go home. And now, uh, high school football in Michigan is back on, on again. They're going to start uh, with their week four opponents on September 18th, and they're going to play six regular season games instead of nine. Uh, all schools will qualify for the playoffs. I think in the past, they had like 256, so something like that, yeah. uh, teams in the state qualified for the playoffs in all eight divisions. Uh, but now it's every team in the state is going to be you know, involved, at least in week one of the playoffs, and they'll give them all a, ch- a shot to win or lose and keep going or not. Uh, the championship games for the eight-man football league and the 11-man football league uh, are going to be pushed back one week from the previous dates. Uh, normally, they're, they're played, um, the 11-man is played the weekend of Thanksgiving, at like Ford Saturday, Field. Yep, Friday and Saturday uh, of that weekend, and the eight-man is usually a week before that. So, so yeah, so it'll be pushed back uh, about into December. But as far as I heard, they're not playing at Ford Field this year, I don't believe. Well, that I don't know. I mean, that's always been nice because, you know, November and December in Michigan right. is pretty darn cold. But so it's with, nice to have an indoor But place with to play. the pandemic, I think the Lions organization is saying, we don't want a whole lot of. Yeah, because we've got other games here and we don't want you infecting our building. So, yeah, mm. I'm pretty sure I read or saw somewhere that uh, Ford Field was a no go this mm. year. But. That's fine. It'll be an interesting, especially for our state. I mean, you got other states who are, who are like Ohio and Indiana, Utah, yeah. who's had high school games being broadcast nationally on ESPN. Right. You know, so other states are doing it. Uh, Michigan's finally getting on the bandwagon to the governor's uh, lack of. Uh, I mean, she obviously cleared it, but she's not recommending it. So yeah. she's kind of saving her butt and the government's butt. If something goes wrong, it'll be yeah. on our high school athletics association. Hmm. Uh, Arena Football TV on YouTube, they posted one game this week, the Los Angeles Cobras at the Detroit uh, Drive. Yeah, they're just continuing with their series of 1988 games. Yep. Yeah, I want to see more Detroit Drive. I, I didn't get to see any of their games when they were around for 
for six years and uh, uh, love to talk about and watch the, the Detroit Drive play. You've had so, so many opportunities to watch one of these games, and you haven't yet. I'm a busy guy, but I, thank God they're there for me to, to view whenever I get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. We do have uh, one obituary this, this week, luckily only one. And this is where we take a moment to honor those who have made the world of football a better place. And we're going to uh, read this here. Rob, Bob Robertson. Uh, who was a longtime college football play-by-play announcer and analyst, has passed away at the age of 91. Now, I, I think I read six different obituaries for this guy, and half of them said he was 91, the other half said he was 92, so I'm not positive. Um, it could be 91 or 92. I'll know more in, in a day or so. Any, anyway, Robertson began calling games at Washington State University in 1964, and over the next 50-plus years, he called 589 games for the school. He missed only one game in all those years, and that was the 1981 Holiday Bowl because local radio was not permitted to broadcast the game. Robertson also called Cougar basketball games for two decades. He retired in 2018 at the age of 89. Robertson was a 12-time Washington State Sportscaster of the Year, and he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2004. Just an incredible career for that gentleman. All right. What have we got here? Birthdays today, September 8th. Cornerback Lem Barney of our Detroit Lions turned 75 today. He played his college football at Jackson State. He spent 11 seasons in the NFL. Uh, all with the Detroit Lions. Uh, he wore number 20 before Billy Sims and Barry Sanders did. He played for the Lions from 1967 to 1977. He was the Defensive Rookie of the Year in 1967. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1992. Uh, you will, you'll like this little tidbit here. He has an IMDb page oh. for the movies that he was in. Uh, Tell me about him. He was in the movie Paper Lion, of course, Uh uh, which is a 1968 film. And then he was also in a black exploitation film called The Black Six in 1973. I have got to get a copy of that. I'm sure you can. I think that's pretty rare out there. I I saw him talking about it one time in an interview and how much fun they had making it. And, and, you know, it was like uh, a bunch of guys that were a biker gang or something like that. And and he just, uh, he talked about how much fun that was to make that movie. And he made it with a lot of other. I want to say there were several other NFL stars that were in this movie also. Well, guess what? For $2.96, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Really? Yep. Oh, man, I may have to do that. You want to, uh, <laughs> do you want to see what it was rated on IMDb? Sure. 3.9 out of 10. Oh. <laughs> Righteous biker Bubba, played by Gene Washington, and his five war buddies go south to avenge his slain brother. Hmm. <laughs> Looks like they got a, a few former NFL players in this cast. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. Mean Joe Green, you okay. got Gene Washington. They got uh, Carl Eller, who played for the Vikings, and then Mercury Morris, who played with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and Lem Barney, don't forget Lem. And Lem Barney, of course they got Lem Barney in there. So happy birthday, Lem Barney. Uh, maybe we'll celebrate by watching your, your movie tonight. Well, hold on. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> also birthdays today, defensive end Elsie Greenwood. Uh, who passed away in 2013 at the age of 67. Today was his birthday. He played his college football at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. He played, uh, or I'm sorry, he was selected in the 10th round of the 1969 NFL Draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he went on to play 13 seasons all with the Steelers between 1969 and 1981. 
He won four Super Bowls with the Steelers in the 1970s and was part of the Steel Curtain defense in that town. And finally, defense, not defense. It was the Steel Curtain defense. Whatever. And uh, finally, Coach Duffy Doherty, who spent 19 seasons as a, as a head coach at Michigan State University from 1952, or I'm sorry, 54 to 1972. Uh, he, his record at Michigan State was 109 wins, 69 losses, and five ties. He shared the national championship title in 1965 with Alabama, and again in 1966 with Notre Dame. So those are our birthdays for today. All right, we're going to move on to our two-minute history lesson this week, and we're going to talk about the 1940 Grey Cup game and the unique format they used that particular year. The Grey Cup trophy was awarded for the first time in 1909 as a way to recognize the best amateur football team in all of Canada. It was suspended from 1916 to 1919 due to World War I, and again just this year in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In 1940, the game was played for the 28th time, and it featured a slightly different format. The Canadian Rugby Union, who oversaw football in Canada at the time, decided to have a two-game series that year to determine the Grey Cup champion. The winner would be determined by the total number of points scored by each team during the two games. The participants were the Ottawa Rough Riders of the Interprovincial Rugby Football Union and a team from Toronto known as Balmy Beach, who played in the Ontario Rugby Football Union. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers won the Grey Cup the previous year, but were not permitted to defend their title due to a rules dispute with the Canadian Rugby Union. The first game was played on November 30th at the University of Toronto's Varsity Stadium. It was played in a snowstorm, and Ottawa came out on top by the score of 8-2. The second game was played a week later on December 7th at Lansdowne Park in Ottawa. Weather conditions were not much better for the second game. Ottawa managed to win once again, this time by the score of 12-5. Ottawa scored 20 points in the two games, while Balmy Beach only scored 7. Therefore, the Ottawa Rough Riders were crowned Grey Cup champions of 1940. The Grey Cup two-game series was a total bust at the box office as the combined attendance for both games was less than 7,000 fans. The weather also had a major factor in the low attendance. The two-game format was never used again to determine a Grey Cup champion. In 2018 and 2019, the Arena Football League also used a two-game format during the playoffs to determine which teams would advance to the Arena Bowl. The league only had four teams in 2018 and six teams in 2019. The AFL used the two-game format successfully, but that format did not work well for the CFL in 1940. Will anyone ever use a similar two-game format again? I seriously doubt it, but you never know. Well, never say never. 2020 has been a very, very strange year. Yeah. And who the knows things we thought impossible have happened. Yeah. So. Yep. Maybe they'll have a two-game Super Bowl series this year. Oh, hold on. Let's not get too crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, bringing back something from last year, we're yes. going to get into our NFL predictions, our week one predictions this year. Oh. <laughs> 
Now, last year... Two not-so-experts going at it. Yeah, well, last year, during our regular season picks, uh, Adam, you had uh, fi- you correctly picked 58% of the time, yeah. and I correctly picked 63% of the time. But the first year we did this was two years ago in 2018, and that year you were 64% correct, and I was 61% correct. Ooh, so, so I've taken quite so a you dip. Won the, you won 2018, I won 2019. This will be the year that determines... Who's the better game picker? You're making it sound like we're never going to do this again. Now, this isn't <laughs> happening as long as we have a podcast. Uh, but, yeah, we got a lot of football to talk about right now, so let's just get into these picks, and we know things get kicked off this Thursday at Arrowhead Stadium between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. So uh, let's start over with you, Randy. Well, I am going with the Kansas City Chiefs, the uh, defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, I'm not going to pick against them. Uh, it's hard to say, and with no preseason game to, games to really, uh, yeah, who knows what everybody kind of see what like. some of the starters look like. Yep. I, you got to kind of just go with the Super Bowl champs. I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, it this first week is really going to be tough because we don't know. Oh, we we've got no preseason like, games to. We to could go judge 16 this week. Uh, yeah, uh, so it'll take a couple of weeks before we, you can really see which teams are good, which teams are bad. Um, but yeah, it looks like we're both. Gonna, you take pick, the good, you take the bad. <laughs> the facts of yeah. life. Okay. Um, Second game, starting at 1 o'clock on Sunday's slate of games. Oh, boy, I can't wait for Sunday. The Philadelphia Eagles will travel to the Washington football team's stadium to play the Washington football team. Wow, what this, a coincidence this is gonna be a, that the football team would be playing in the yeah, football team this is going to be a tough year to just keep referring to them as the Washington football team. Uh, but you know what's not going to be a tough decision is hmm. predicting the Eagles to win this game. Uh, you're taking Philly? Well, yep. So am I. I'm, I'm going with Philly also. All right, so back-to-back we are in agreement. Then we got Miami, the Dolphins, traveling down to the New England Patriots. or Sorry, traveling up to the New England Patriots, which will have a brand-new quarterback at center for the first time in two decades. Uh, who you got? I'm going to go with New England, even though I'm not a Cam Newton fan. Uh, I just think that New England as a team is going to be better prepared in week one than the Dolphins. Darn you. Unfortunately, I am in agreement. So that's three for three. I guess we're going to go down (laughs) together. The next game, the Green Bay Packers and an NFC North matchup travel over to Minnesota to play the Vikings in Minneapolis. Give me the Vikings to take the win at really? home. Yeah. You want Minnesota. You I Minnesota. will take the Vikings. You know what? Uh, I almost went with Minnesota just because I hate Green Bay, but I went with Green Bay. Oh, our first disagreement. Yep. Okay, well, let's see if we have another one with the Indianapolis Colts and an AFC South matchup traveling down to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Um, you first. I, I'm going to go with Indy in that game. I don't know why. Normally, if I can't pick a team, I'll just go with the home team, and the Jaguars are at home, but I'm going with Indy for some reason. The Man, the Jaguars, I won't say they're super dysfunctional, but they're pretty dysfunctional right now. I'm going to go with the Colts. Okay. All right, the next game. Crap, I get to pick first. The Chicago Bears. <laughs> Duh, Bears, traveling to the Motor City to play our Detroit Silver Kitties, um, a.k.a. the Lions. Um, boy, I hate doing this. I hate doing this. <laughs> I'm taking the Lions. Oh. Give, give me the Lions. You hate to do that? I hate to pick because last year, every time I picked them, they lose. Well. Or I when am, we both pick the Lions, they lose. I am picking the Lions because I'm a homer, and uh, I'm going to pick my Lions oh, to God. beat the Oh, God. We're both a couple Bears. of fools. It's, looks like we're going to break out the brown paper bags early this year. Yeah, maybe. All right. In the next game, the – oh, boy, hold on. I think there's a smudge on my screen because I thought this said Oakland, but it, it's – 
Fucking like the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, it's a new team. Uh-huh. The Las Vegas Raiders, don't never heard of them, <laughs> are going to Carolina to play the Panthers. Now, ooh, this should be a toss-up game. Who you got? Uh, it is another toss-up game, uh, but I'm going, in this case, with the home team, I'm going with Carolina. Going with the Panthers. Interesting. Well, um, give me Gruden in the <laughs> silver and black. I'm taking the Raiders. You got the Raiders, uh, huh? I don't know what it is. I'm not thinking the Raiders are going to be a great team, but they're decent. It's just the Panthers got a lot of question marks for me. I think Teddy Bridgewater, the new starting quarterback, did just fine filling in for Drew Brees. But the New Orleans Saints offense is a little different than the Panthers offense. And granted, he's got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Goodness gracious. But uh, give me the Raiders. Give me the Raiders winning on the road. All right, the next game, an AFC East showdown. The New York Jets traveling to Buffalo to play the Bills. I'm going with the Bills. I get to go first. (laughs) Uh, So I guess I'm going to take the Bills. (laughs) Who you got? Uh, I got the Bills. (laughs) Okay. All right, the next game, uh, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns in an AFC North matchup travel to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Who do you got? Do I get to go first this time? Yes, this is yours. I'm going with the home team, Ravens. The Ravens, okay. Yep. I can't. I don't know about the Browns. Uh, Browns, yeah, I just don't see it. Give me the Ravens. Give me Lamar. Uh, the next game, this should be an interesting one, the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Atlanta to play the Falcons. And I'm going to take – and normally West Coast teams don't – travel great but the seahawks they might be my super bowl pick this year uh give me the seahawks hmm. to beat those new atlanta falcons uniforms <laughs> yeah let me look up on their schedule and see what uniform they're playing I think they're wearing week. their black uniforms oh i don't care okay yeah i'm going with seattle also i this was kind of a, a, a toss-up game for me and uh, i don't know why i picked seattle but i'm gonna go with seattle on that now this should be a good one the la chargers traveling to cincinnati to play Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick, and those Cincinnati Bengals. Who do you got? I'm going with the Chargers. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Cincinnati, with their new young quarterback, is going to be that good uh, early in the season. So that's true. I'm so torn. Like I feel like with Joe Burrow, uh, I I don't know what Cincinnati's really done other than getting Joe Burrow and mm-hmm. uh, you know. To turn things around so i'm gonna go with the chargers uh yeah i guess i'm in agreement there okay now the next game the arizona cardinals traveling to san francisco to play the 49ers hmm. and as i alluded to earlier i'm taking the cardinals give Are me that high powered offense uh they got receivers you know up the wazoo there you got to deal with larry fitzgerald you got to deal with deandre hopkins you got to deal with a couple of other guys that are pretty good at receiver. And with Kyler Murray slinging the ball around in that offense, give me the Cardinals. I'm sorry. I'm going with the 49ers in that game. Uh, they were in the Super Bowl last year, so I expect them to be good again this year. Uh, maybe another year for Arizona, but I'm going with San Francisco. All right, we'll see. And uh, the last game, on the okay, so the last couple games were the 4 o'clock slot games. Here's the last one in the 4 o'clock. Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to New Orleans. This is the game of the week. To play, yep, to play Drew Brees and those New Orleans Saints in the first of a couple what should be great quarterback duels. Yeah. Who do you got? You want me to go first? You get to go first. Um, I am going to go with the Saints. I'm, I think at home, you know, that the, well, I would say the crowd. I was going to say the them. crowd noise. I have no idea if there's going to be a crowd there. The The synthetic crowd noise will be behind yeah. them, and that stadium will be rocking electronically, and I think the home team will 
uh, will show the visiting team uh, that they're the better team. I think this is going to be uh, a lot closer of a game, probably a high-scoring game. Um, I have no faith in either of these defenses, but between the two, I would probably lean more towards the Saints, probably getting an extra stop or two. Uh, give me the Saints. I almost went with the Bucks, but I feel like the Saints just barely. All right. yeah, we'll probably both be wrong on that one. <laughs> Brady will probably. Now this is you got this is the Sunday night game. I thought this was the Monday night game. The Dallas Cowboys traveling to Los Angeles to play the Rams. No, I I have this as a Sunday night game. Okay, well I guess prime time guess in that I, new stadium. All right, uh, so I get to go first. Uh, Boy, this is such a tough decision because yeah, this is. I think these, this is clearly a toss-up, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with a tie. <laughs> you can't do that. What do you mean I can't do that? You can't do that. I can certainly do that. I'm, I'm making just... an executive decision. Well, you've, you've let me do ties in the past. You've let me do ties. That was after we had 10 ties last uh, last season. Uh-huh, there weren't right. that many, but fine. more than enough. For the time. record, I think this game's going to end in a tie, but if I have to pick a team, it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys to beat the L.A. Rams in their new stadium. Hmm. Well, yeah, as much as I just badmouthed the Cowboys earlier today, I'm picking Dallas also to win this game. Wow. All right, and the first of two Monday night games is a new tradition of the doubleheader on Monday night. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to the New York Giants. Uh, who you got? I've got Pittsburgh. I just don't know what the Giants have got this year. Hmm. You know what? I, I don't know if the Steelers are any good, even if they get – Roethlisberger back so I'm going to take the Giants in a stunner on Monday night hmm. Giants at home uh, again home field advantage ain't worth diddly right now Right. Yeah. but there's just something I think with Saquon Barkley and you got a decent quarterback there and uh, what's his name uh, Daniel Jones I think is his name Danny Dimes we'll see yeah of course you don't know <laughs> and in the final game of the week oh, in our long exhaustive se- segment the Tennessee Titans Travel to Denver to play the Denver Broncos and uh, give me the Titans to squeak out of there with like a field goal victory. I think this is going to be a tough game. Yeah, I think it was, I think it's another toss up. I really didn't know who to go with, but I'm picking Denver in that game. Oh, okay. So a few disagreements here. So I guess we'll uh, have to wait and see who will become victorious. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. I literally came up with that on the fly. Uh huh. I'm not writing that down. Okay. That's it. A few upcoming events. November 17th is the first college football playoff rankings. Um, so, you know, we'll know then, well, if the season lasts until oh, November boy. 17th. Yeah, we'll see if we even get that's, there. That's when they plan to do their first uh, playoff rankings. Uh, Thursday, September 10th. Uh, that Well, so, wow, I wrote that down way too soon. <laughs> I just had to fit that in. Uh, September 10th, uh, this Thursday, two days from now. 101st NFL season begins, Houston at Kansas City. Then you've got, uh, on the 17th, the 100th anniversary of the founding of the NFL. And then December 20th, college football playoff selection show. Oh, That's God. when they'll be too far uh, picking the four too teams far. that are going to be in the playoffs, if they get that far. I don't think, yeah, we'll see what happens. And that's everything that I had for this week. Anything that you got? That uh, no, no breaking up? news unless you consider... Uh, Buck star player Giannis Antetokounmpo is out for game five against the Heat tonight. That's NBA basketball. No, I don't consider that noteworthy. I would say so. Okay. Well, in that case, that's all the time we've got this week. Yeah. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, 
and we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo, where we post a lot of unique pictures, stories, and highlights from all over the world of football that Randy Snow deems fit to print. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter. The address there is at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast in your ears are posted every Tuesday and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody loves more football than we do. Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in and around the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I'm here. Yes, yes. I, don't know, I can't. No witty, I no witty ending for you this week. week. I'm ready for some football, though. Okay. See you next week, folks.